Fantastic Podcast, where we believe that through books and banter, all is possible. I'm Steph, aka Ideally Inspired Reviews on Instagram, and I'm joined by... I'm Ava of Imaginavative on Instagram. In today's episode, we are rating theories that have cropped up from the Sarah J. Mass world, primarily like Throne of Glass, but... I'm stealing that from Ava's line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I went through old, old archives to find like some of the most ancient fan theories. Um, most of these are going to be, like Steph said, Throne of Glass related because the books are finished um, for now, at least. Um, so there's kind of, there's not that much left to necessarily theorize, whereas Akatar is, of course, and Crescent City are, of course, still ongoing and so like some of those theories might still hold sway like we just don't know the world isn't you know finished yet um so these are going to be predominantly throne of glass um and if you're looking for crescent city theories then definitely check out our crescent city theory episode um that went up it should be available by now so definitely check that out um but without further ado The first thing, the way that we're going to start off this episode is by asking, I'm going to ask Steph, Steph, have you, like, did you ever have theories? I know that you were kind of a step away from the, like, the fandom in general, and it wasn't necessarily, like, your pool of where you spent a lot of time, Um, but did you have any theories that stick out to you as, like, that is kind of, like, the theory that I carried with me throughout Throne of Glass, or maybe, like, the one that you, you know, maybe harbored the most, um, or anything like did did anything crop up for you as you're as we're going into this blast from the past? Not too much. I think that like I feel like there was one and it like it, I'm trying to remember it, but obviously it wasn't as important in my life where I would have remembered it. <laughs> but I, right. I feel like I had one where I was questioning whether or not uh, Selena Aylin was actually like a blood-born daughter of whoever you know um mm-hmm. like i was just like oh is her lineage maybe different like maybe she's not like a changeling or anything like that but i was like oh maybe she's not who they think she is and then of course that was then squashed a bit later on so um <laughs> I'm because I'm always so skeptical when I go into reading fantasy series like skeptical in the sense yeah. of like i'm I reserve judgment. I don't believe everything that they're like fed that's fed to us as the reader going into it. Cause I'm always like, is there some like a, a twist that's coming? I don't know. Right. Um, so yeah, that's my vibe. But what about you, Ava? Um, I think for me, one that kind of popped up a little bit was, um, if you remember in queen of shadows, um, underneath the, I'm pretty sure it's underneath the black market, the shadow market or whatever it's called. Um, They find that like tomb or it's not really a tomb, but it's a place where people go to like write down and like anonymously confess their sins. Um, And the whole, the, the crew went down and, you know, the moment that was like interesting for them was where they realized that, um, what's his face? Gavin confessed something Um, And that was kind of where they were discovering like, oh, the Valgar aren't actually dead and banished. Like this is still a problem that we're having to deal with. Um, But I remember that the the temple was like Sarah just dropped a a detail that was like, oh, this temple is, you know, belongs to a god whose name is like no longer around. Like they don't even it's it was it happened so long ago that the god's name has been lost. And I remember thinking very passionately that that god in particular would crop up um as like connected to Aelin and sort of like the nameless um Mm -hmm. prophecy Mm -hmm. um because they he they only referred to this god as like the god of lies or the god of oaths or something like that maybe it was both maybe it was lies and oaths which would be very ironic um (laughs) but I was like oh my god he doesn't have a name because he's like maybe related to Aelin like maybe she's actually like descended from the gods which you know we <laughs> found out is like true but not in the way that I was thinking close. so I definitely thought that that god I know close so close and yet so far um but I definitely thought that that god was gonna like kind of be more of a prominent player sort of in the way that um Deanna and Mala were 
Um, and I guess not. I guess it was really just like a, a thing that I noticed. And I'm sure that I feel like Sarah, because, you know, she's kind of talked about how like there are so many stories that she just did not put in the books because they weren't necessarily like relevant to the plot that she was writing. Um, but she, you know, like has all of these pieces of world building that like we as readers just didn't need. And so I'm hoping that, you know, if the world of Throne of Glass ever gets written, um, <laughs> we'll get a little bit Stares of at insider. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm looking at you, ma'am. Y'all made the mistake of announcing that so long ago. <laughs> yeah, we have not forgotten. Um, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we have not forgotten. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I hope that we get to learn a little bit more about the gods, um, especially because they were such interesting, I think, characters and like played interesting roles in the very, very beginning of the books because they sort of become these key players by the end. But in the beginning, there was a there was something almost whimsical about their role in society. Like mm-hmm. if you remember the scene where, you know, she's falling asleep at like the Yule Miss service, mm-hmm. but all of the children go and like bring, you know, trinkets to the people who are supposedly who supposedly have like patron gods. Like there was, I just like that detail of world building is something that I love so much from fantasy books. And I think that Sarah's always been, you know, really clever at. Um, And so getting to kind of learn more about the gods and their role in society before we learned that they're shitty (laughs) um, would be very interesting to me. Um, So yeah, that was definitely not really a theory, but just kind of like a wish that I had. Um, Yeah, my wishes are, are, are many. But uh, <laughs> theories are few. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so I'm looking at these now, and I'm like, maybe this is like a half-finished script. So how awkward. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to dive into Kingdom of Ash-specific theories. So these were theories that were cropping up around after Tower of Dawn um, was released. And so in the like after um, Empire of Storms, so in between like 2016 and 2018 these were kind of the top theories that were floating around instagram around tumblr around twitter so if you were active in the fandom then you will know you will remember and now we just get to go back and look back and be like wow what were we on if we knew Um, then what we know now (laughs) exactly exactly um so i'm gonna start with the one that was like it was one of the most controversial Um, but it was one of the most popular, which is why I'm bringing it up. It's not necessarily anything that like I personally thought was going to happen or that I was hopeful for. Definitely not what I was hopeful for. Um, but I remember this was, this was around. Um, there's a scene in Empire of Storms where Aelin gets like sick in the boat and Rowan assumes that she is like having like morning sickness because she's pregnant because they haven't been using protection and we later learn that it's because she's kind of like figured out the god's plans um but we didn't we didn't like know that know that necessarily um and so there was a theory going around that Aelin would be pregnant in Kingdom of Ash and when she gives up her life to the gods as this prophecy requires um, it would actually be the unborn child that would die and like give its life in sacrifice. <laughs> so that was some dark shit. I'm that looking was some at this dark and I'm shit. going, "What the fuck?" Well, I mean, I under. Um, but you know, what's so funny is like while like, while it, it's but... right, like while it's wild, you can understand like how someone got there. Totally from yeah everything that happened in Empire of Storms, but oof. <laughs> I would have been so sad like, because of Rowan oh, and like everything Rowan's already been through. Like, could you imagine no. going through that again? Uh, no. Yeah. Poor baby. <laughs> I know. So nothing to hurt my sweet baby Rowan. So yikes. <laughs> You're like, fuck Aelin. I know. I know. Sorry, Aelin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like as if Aelin hasn't suffered either. I know. Oh, poor babies. Anyway. Um, I know. I it's it's funny though because I remember like reading this theory and being like that actually has merit just because like it's dark as fuck but the throne of glass books got continuously darker. Yeah. Um as they went on. So I don't want to necessarily like especially knowing I don't know. Like I don't think that Sarah would ever be the type to like kill a baby. 
But like it's not, it wasn't at that point out of the realm of possibility for me just because you do have that scene like we know like we knew at that point to never take any scenes for granted and to like even if something seems very throwaway like by the time EOS came around we were like okay we were we've caught on to you everything matters and so the fact that she had that that Rowan had that visceral reaction and she was like she didn't explicitly say like I'm not pregnant and I'm not trying to get pregnant um like, I can see why people would have connected those dots. And, mm-hmm. like, it was never something I actively hoped for. Um, well, and it's funny because like, if, oh. for anybody who might be new to the Sarah J. Mass fandom um, and Sarah J. Mass in general, like, she has said on multiple occasions that one thing you can count on with her is that she won't kill pets. So, yeah. like, <laughs> ironically enough, I'm like, oh, children, huh? But, like, obviously yeah, in exactly. real life, no. like, obviously you don't want children. Like, the, those are the most vulnerable. You don't want them to die. But in, in right. the same token, I'm like, Fleetfoot, no. Like, I am like, Abraxos, <laughs> no. But then I then in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, she's not going to let them die. It's fine. Like, I, I have faith. Right. But then right. pregnant Aelin, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Dead like baby. everyone is fair game <laughs> unless you're an animal. <laughs> so fair I hope we can count game. on like zero otters dying in Crescent City. Oh like. <laughs> my God, listen. If the otters go, so do I. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, Seriously. but it's so in future, if anybody is ever coming up approaching you about a Sarah J. Mass theory and it, if it, if it involves any pets dying, know that it's like shot already it's it's a crack theory it's dead, it's in, crack it's theory dead in the water it's not happening <laughs> exactly yeah oh my goodness um yeah so that was that I that was I bring that one up and I just because and stuff I know like I said you weren't like deeply involved in fandom but as someone who was deeply involved in fandom I could not like turn a corner without seeing this theory and having people I remember seeing this Instagram post that was like and this was in, this was definitely before the book came out, of course, but they made like a, a whole headcanon for like what, like who this like baby would like grow up to be. My God. Um, in honor of its death. Oh my but God. But that okay. hadn't happened yet. And oh. I was just like, Okay. Look, uh, look, again, more power to uh, all y'all who like take the time to do that. Uh, Case in point, uh, not to call anybody out, but Yaz, who we both interact with online, yes, um, Yaz recently posted, and I'm not going to go deep. I'm pretty sure that on um, Yaz's Instagram, especially, you can see it. Yaz laid out like some like a, a few slides worth of theory on like Crescent City, and it was involved and kudos because I genuinely, like I can't even string three like texts together. Like if you need receipts, I can provide the recipient of your text. Right. But I can't even do that. Uh, Piecing together these theories where you've got like long, uh, long game, I guess like how it, how it's true relevancy to the end Mm -hmm. plot. Like, shoo. I couldn't. It couldn't be me. But like, <laughs> good for you. Maybe y'all need to be on like a creative team with Sarah or something. Maybe you might be able to get your theories into books. Like, have like a PowerPoint presentation with your full theory and shit. Um, I'm here for it. But anyways, whew, sorry. Yeah, tangent. No, I mean, I like. I think that's one of the cool things about fandom is that you know you're able to get like so involved. And for those of us who don't necessarily like because I write I tend to be I was more much more of like the fanfic area because I was like I'm going to take these characters and then like write about them and make them do the things that I want them to do but my brain never really went to like how is x connected to y um and so I do have a lot of just like respect having been involved in fandom for so long for people who do that like Steph was saying because you weren't knocking them no. it's both but we both feel a huge amount of like oh my god like go you yeah because it could not be me I mean I can't even put like a review together sometimes and then like <laughs> you're some of y'all are churning out theories and then like counterpoints and mm-hmm. like if somebody you know has something to say in your comments then you're also like 
bringing more people to your cause by ex- like further explaining right. like sh- man no i literally some of y'all could go, like go to court yeah literally and i will say <laughs> that like before and i'm sure like obviously we'll get to but like before ship wars became like toxic ship wars in the sarah j mass fandom so back like in the like selena kale selena dorian like, you don't understand that was no toxic it was toxic but i feel us. like the toxicity was not as bad like i don't know like i mean people were still extremely passionate and still to this day are extremely passionate about some of their ships um in the throne of glass world in particular but like i remember like holding court if you will where you're sitting back and you're letting people like explain why they feel that like their ship was endgame and why someone else's isn't and again at the same time you could still have these open conversations without like wanting to murder one another like it's just like no you're wrong but like go go ahead i'll go off i guess like but, but it just it was always so interesting to me because when they would like try to cite which I know, again, is still happening with Ship Wars, but, like, they would go back to the text and cite all of these reasons as to why they are correct. I'm also kind of like, holy fuck, you did, like, a whole research paper on just (laughs) this ship, and I couldn't even do that on, like, you know, stuff I was passionate about in school when I was, like, going to school to get a degree. Like, y'all are doing this, you know, for for fun, I guess, funsies. Um, And I'm not, like, saying that as a knock at all. Like, I just... I don't have the focus. I don't have it in me to do it. So it was very entertaining right. to to watch um, and to read, like, a lot of fan theory and stuff like that. But, yeah, I definitely was not in the, like, I wasn't in deep <laughs> with theories. So, no. so I'm, like, <laughs> eager to see what what Ava has found because, like, I, yeah, a lot of these I've not, I've never heard of. And it's just me and my old age. So. <laughs> well, I've got it for you. Here for it. Um, okay, so here was one, and I can't remember the, the reasoning. Oh, wait, yes, I, re- I do remember the reasoning now for it. I do. Okay, um, the theory is that Knox and Alid would be revealed to be siblings, um, and the theory was that Vernon, who is, or I'm sorry, not siblings, but, like, related, because oh, okay. the theory was that Vernon, um, was Knox's dad. Oh. And, like, Knox was, like, I, I guess, like, supposed to be in line for um, the the parent, like, nobility. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he was, because there, there was a theory that because he was, like, a jewel thief and his whole thing was, like, breaking into places was that he was, his intention was to steal a lead back, but he couldn't find her. Um, mm. And then cross paths with Aelin by doing the competition um, because they're, they're actually described as having like relatively similar appearances. And when I say relatively similar, I mean, they both are from parent and they both have dark hair <laughs> and their ages kind of align. Cause Knox was like in his like mid twenties ish. And then a lead being, you know, like 18 could hypothetically like make them cousins. Um, and so that was a theory. And I remember like, now that I'm like looking back on it, I'm like, um, I actually do need to see. Lorcan have a brother-in-law I want to know what that looks like (laughs) well Lorcan Um, has his found family so in theory like I know he has his found family but like specifically a brother like an actual blooded relative like yeah yeah okay all right that's that's fine I guess (laughs) (laughs) that's fine um I just I just so, like everybody so making fun of Lorcan and you know yeah no absolutely antagonizing like him especially yes like what but I love for? him so don't don't get it twisted anybody please <laughs> he's just like he makes it too easy sometimes like the broodiness is just too and like I think that was part of the fun and like why I enjoyed that theory so much is because um, Lorcan is very broody and from what we you know saw of Knox who to be fair was very briefly on the page he was there for like half of one book and then like one sentence in which is why hey but but like but the theories could hold true because we got so little true yeah (laughs) those are the best ones to make theories about because there's not too much to like counter it so anyways but exactly it's like who's gonna who's gonna call you a liar who's gonna say you're wrong no one well okay (laughs) fine one person's gonna call you wrong 
But then again, we would call her a liar because she hasn't given it to us. We'd be like, prove it. Prove it, Sarah. How about that? Exactly. Yeah. Give us more. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, yeah, so I actually, I actually kind of liked that one and I can see where they were coming from. Um, and like I said, I was just desperate for more knocks on the page. And I know that Sarah had kind of mentioned that he'd be back, um, like briefly, vaguely at one of her tour stops, but I honestly thought he was going to play a bigger role. And so I was really excited about this theory when it was like first arising because I was like, Knox is going to play like a big role in Kingdom of Ash. And then... Not. So. <laughs> Not. I was disappointed. Uh, yeah. So speaking of disappointment, I'm actually so sad that this theory did not float because, especially after having like reread Throne of Glass this past summer for our read along, um, you can go back and listen to our recap episodes. We were so close to having it all. Um, Adian was going to be the one to die because of course every, we all went into kingdom of Ash and we were all like, listen, someone's kicking the bucket. There's just no way that they're going to fight this entire fucking war. And one of our, you know, like our main crew members is not going to like, there's just, there's no way. And I remember that a lot of people were saying that it would either be Dorian or Adian. And I picked Adian because if he had died, the world would be a better much place. Better. Kingdom of Ash probably wouldn't have spent Adian as much slander. time in Steph's freezer as it did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm actually not sorry. I do not apologize. I am unrepetent. I do not care. I hate that man. Well, no, I think that, but, um, I mean, it, it, but if you think about it, though, even, you know, when this theory came about and then you're going in and you're reading it and that whole, like, death that shall not be discussed that happened in the kingdom of ash like could you imagine though if it wasn't who died and it had been 80 and i almost feel like it would have been in my opinion more poignant because like he would have been sacrificing himself for the father he didn't know very well you know like i don't know and granted mm-hmm, i'm sure mm-hmm. that gabriel would have been very sad and all that but he would still be alive and i wouldn't be sad he um, would be living his heart would be beating <laughs> and that's what matters. but i mean but at the same time it's still i mean granted i get it i understand why it happened and i understand why sarah made that decision i just you know gonna continue to hate it it's fine but well yeah i mean understanding and liking are two very yeah. different things because i mean it was i mean it was very clear that obviously it wasn't going to be Aelin, and it right. was going to be very difficult for it to be dorian based on mm-hmm. dorian's growth from queen of shadows to kingdom of ash so it just would have been right. really hard to see how that could happen Obviously, mm-hmm. no one can go without being killed or dying eventually. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would have totally. Yeah, I would have. I would have picked Adian as well. Just it would have made more mm-hmm. sense that it would have been Adian. Agree. Ago, but no, I agree, and I think that that's like just because of the way that his character was positioned. Like he'd yeah. been willing to die for Aelin so many times over. I mean, in in Queen of Shadows, he made several valiant efforts and i'm you know you were almost there buddy you almost did the right thing where he like tries to off himself before the king can use him against aelin yeah um and so it's like it's just made clear from the beginning that his role is you know like to be the protector of his cousin so i'm not necessarily like well i don't (laughs) i was about to counter everything i was like i'm not gonna say i was cheerleading for his death but also (laughs) by the end of kingdom of ash i was like it would have felt more poignant because i think it also would have felt like a sacrifice in lysandra's honor too well but um but also i mean just like what you said to the same point like i think that adian spent so much time like trying to not necessarily prove himself but also to like yeah to be worthy of like his Mm -hmm. his role in aelin's life because there was a lot of like guilt and you know all of that from everything that happened in the past so yeah again it would have been poetic it would have made sense that of if any of them and granted you know of course aelin was like determined to be a fucking martyr like she was just like (laughs) i'm going to kill myself for my friends and like all that and Literally. like okay girl but like rowan is enough of right. a reason to live <laughs> thanks um <laughs> but anyways but no 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 
no i agree i think um i think it just would have it would have been an honorable way to go mm-hmm. me too and i think that i mean i trust sarah enough to have been able to like write that death in a way where we all kind of felt i mean obviously i'm sure that you know people readers not me but readers would have like <laughs> cried and been sad um but i i i do i actually take um umbrage when authors don't um like make sacrifices in that sense mm-hmm. when it comes to like battles if we're talking about sometimes like gratuitous death is not what i'm after um ever because that feels lazy and i think that death can often be used as like an escape route and we've kind of talked about this especially with like villain redemption where it's like oh the only way for them to redeem themselves is to die like that's not what i'm saying but i think that with with war especially and a war on the scale of what they were fighting um it's almost like surprising that we only had one character death and that it was Gavriel, when I think that Adian would have emotionally made, had more of an impact. Because obviously, you and I were distraught over what happened with Gavriel. But I think that readers had been given a, a, a better opportunity to become closer to Adian, yeah. which actually like makes his death... I don't, again, I don't want to say the better option because I really do not relish everyone else's feels being hurt. But like, just from a from a writer standpoint, I have to geek out about this and be like, if it had been me and I had been the author in that situation, I would have so axed Adian. Like, he just seemed like from the moment we met him in Fire, I was like, there's no way this cocky son of a bitch is making it through. There's just no way. Well, and he did. Well, and here's the thing: it's, <laughs> he it's so it. funny because of course I I'm trying not to jinx the fandom and myself. <laughs> in making the statement because we have yet to read House of Sky and Breath, but right. um, we have not knock on wood in Sarah J. Mass's books. We have not yet experienced a death like that. Like, of course, Dan- Danica. Danica. Well, yeah, but Danica. <laughs> I'm like, what okay. are you to speak for yourself? No, I mean, listen. Okay, I get it. I get it. But like, we knew Danica for all like I'm trying not to be an asshole here because <laughs> I know like, I'm like tread carefully like, <laughs> I could equate Danica's death almost to the same as Sam's death in Throne of Glass in the sense that mm. like we got to know them but like we it's not like we had a book and a half of content with them and then they were gone it was like, okay, we had these really wonderful moments. We've we've had like, we, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, when we're going through the grief with Bryce and all of that, like we're getting to know Danica more. And obviously we mourn her throughout the whole book, but through Bryce's perspective. But we as the reader, like haven't had our, you know, one-on-one time, if you will, with Danica as much. So right. I think that in House of, of uh, Earth and Blood, like, yes, Cause I mean, hello, Connor. Also, like I mean, we get we right. get a glimpse into the whole like friends Benny vibe, like <laughs> that whole like text conversation where obviously we're setting up dates, so like we're expecting them right. to live another right. day for that to happen, like you know. Um, but we're going into book two now. Mm-hmm. And I guess, well, I guess Nehemia, Nehemia was was kind of also, I guess we we did have Nehemia's death because we did have a whole book of Nehemia, though, in Throne of Glass before she died in Crown of Midnight. But still, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like we haven't had, we haven't had it. So I don't know. Um, okay, so next question. So I guess not question, but next theory um so this was a theory that i also (laughs) found on tumblr everything is courtesy of tumblr these days um but the theory is that aelin felt the tug to manon and irene because they each represent the faces Hmm. of the three-faced goddess that's an interesting theory theory. that's i mean it's that's a new one for me i've not heard mm -hmm. that bounced around at all anywhere (laughs) but then again i'm not like entrenched but yeah (laughs) i feel like i like i like like, do we think that it actually is Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> but I, I think yeah I think I think with that one I struggle because the faces of the goddess are mm-hmm. the mother the maiden and the crone and so I'm just like who's the mother <laughs> who's who because that would like like if it were me and there was like a yeah I, I would I would imagine that like Irene is the mother and then Manon is the crone rip because she's the oldest but then that would make Aelin the maiden yeah. which I just feel like is I you know like it like I love the symbolism but it just yeah it's not hitting I, I don't yeah yeah you know <laughs> no, you know what it. I'm trying to say it's yeah it's it's a it's a very mm-hmm. good swing it's just also kind yeah. of a miss for me I mean personally. yeah great theory just I don't see I don't I don't see it being a thing <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that I also think that would have been too much like interference from the gods if that makes sense um like we sort of had Aelin positioned as this, you know, woman who obviously has a deep connection to the gods and her power is, you know, minute. godlike <laughs> for a minute there in Kingdom of Ash. Um for a minute. But then it like I I just think if that had been the case with more characters, it would have fallen apart in the sense that it would have been less impactful it's like part of the reason why Aelin is so powerful is because you know she's like the only one who can rival these other powerful creatures like Maeve and the gods um and so if that was well, every think, other character it would kind also, of be like mm. <laughs> if this series were you know, still ongoing then I think it would give me pause because I'd be like you know what maybe let's wait and see mm-hmm. <laughs> like let's wait and see how this would be tied into right canon, i guess um but because we know that the series sadly is done <laughs> for now at least uh i just don't see how with the bow that sarah put on the end of the series how it would have made sense so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well yeah and i think that there's that i mean now that you right. say that like what difference would it have made Unless, I mean, un- again, unless like, there was, like, another chapter to the series. To the table. Like, an ongoing thing that they were still trying to work through. Right. In which case, you'd be like, oh, you know, Sarah, you genius. Mm-hmm. How is this going to play into, you know, the upcoming mm-hmm. whatever? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just difficult to think that that would be something that would not, like, if it were true or, like, if it were canon, that it wouldn't have been something that Sarah would have then made make sense uh to the text that we have already so Mm -hmm. but a great theory good theory though right but yeah right no i i I think that's a it's an interesting one for sure and i kind of wish that i'd i think this was in um i think it must have happened after tower of dawn this theory must have popped up um and I think if I'd seen mm-hmm. it during that era, I would have been way more, like, intrigued um, and way more like, whoa, what does this mean? Because, you know, at the end of Empire of Storms, we had Manon and Aelin's, um entry into the mirror because they represent <laughs> iron and, like, whatever the fuck. There was something <laughs> There was something else. I can't remember what it was now. Um but yeah, but it we was wouldn't definitely have, a thing. But we that would have been pre um, Tower of Dawn. So that's in, that's interesting. No, I know, but I think that you know, like after Tower of Dawn, it's like, oh, Aelin and Manon have this connection, and now we've just found oh, out I that see. Irene is super powerful. Okay. So maybe in Kingdom of Ash, there will be a thing, a reveal. Yeah. Um because we obviously did not get any Aelin or Manon content in Tower of Dawn. Except for that tragic <laughs> final, like, epilogue scene. Oh, my God. That scene still, like, haunts my nightmares. Like, even though the series is over I mean, and, like, I have closure, I, like, actually don't have closure I have over closure. the Fireheart chapter. Oh, please. <laughs> Sadly, I do not. <laughs> Listen... 
I, okay, right. I don't, but I can, I can pretend. <laughs> okay. We can pretend. We can give ourselves a minute to pretend. Um, okay, next theory. <laughs> this one was so popular back in the day. And I remember, I remember distinctly sitting there and going, if this happens, I'm going to be so cheesed out and disappointed. And the theory was there will be a crossover with Akatar. <laughs> And in the end, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean beyond the beyond the whole like falling Actually, through the no. sky. In the end, it's <laughs> we ain't getting shit. Mm-hmm. Well, no, and that's like actually the glorious thing is that the crossover was exactly what I needed. <laughs> it was like ships in the night, like they were technically in the same place, same time. They had a brief interaction that was nonverbal. That was exactly what I needed. Like, I don't... Just something about, like, Aelin, like, speaking to the night court. I think I would have been like... Mm. Like, mm, I don't... I don't know. I'm sorry, everyone. I know that... I feel like a betrayer of the fandom. Because I know that everyone wants that. But it could be because... I think this is this is my <laughs> theory. Now we're talking about Ava's theories about herself. Take us to You're welcome, everyone. Um... <laughs> Uh, my theory is that because I <laughs> I read and wrote fan fiction for so long that it started to have like very separate flavors in my mind where it was like, okay, fan fiction is a specific flavor and Sarah J. Mass's canonical work is its own flavor and I didn't want them to mix. It was like, that would be like mixing like ketchup and peanut butter. It's just like, they're fine on their own. I actually don't like ketchup that much. So I don't know why I'm using that as an example. They're like peanut butter and avocado. (laughs) And I like both of these things on their own. Um, Steph, I'm using avocado as an example because you don't like avocado. And and I know that you also don't read or interact with fan fiction. So there we go. (laughs) Oh, well, all right. So then... (laughs) avocado and um something else that you do like jenny's ice cream okay so sarah's sarah's writing is jenny's and then avocado is fan fiction okay that's that's for you in your head well you know and then for me both of those are good but not together okay well (laughs) the other thing too about this is that it it would feel gimmicky I think more mm-hmm. so than anything, it would just feel gimmicky. And so unless it actually yeah. Yeah. made sense. Yeah. Mattered. Like, again, <laughs> if they were still yeah. two ongoing series, which obviously Akatar is, and again, sadly, Throne of Glass is mm-hmm. not. I feel like every time I bring that up, it just it's like another like nail in the coffin of like throne of glass is dead <laughs> kill it um but i know um, <laughs> don't get it twisted i really want i want more um but yeah but if it were still ongoing then i would feel like it wouldn't be gimmicky because again it's like oh clearly she's setting up fill in the blank right and then you're just gonna go with it because you're like oh she's going to like take us on this journey and it's going to make sense in the end mm-hmm. um but yeah, now it's just like it would be weird if like Aelin and Rowan or anybody from the Throne of Glass series were yeah. to just have a cameo randomly, like a speaking right. role, if you right. will, in the Akatar series. Right. Um, yeah, I wish. And like, I don't want anyone listening to get it twisted because then I think and stuff I'm going to speak for you because I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with this. We're fine with like touchstones between the worlds because Sarah's already confirmed and obviously we've seen like crossovers are possible so I'm fine if like and this is not a spoiler I'm going to keep Crescent City spoilers out of this episode and just in case anyone hasn't read that series um but like hypothetically if there's a library in Crescent City that's not a spoiler hypothetically if a book in the library of Crescent City talks about history that takes place in like Aralea, like in the Throne of Glass world, like that kind of crossover does not bother me. I'm fine if some like magical world walker, you know, traipsed between these lands and like took notes <laughs> about their experiences. It's mostly just like the characters that we know interacting with each other that I feel would be 
Like at this point, it kind of feels like it would be fan servicey. Like like you said, knowing that Throne of Glass is over, I just don't see that. <laughs> that really does feel like a nail in the coffin. Throne of Glass is gone. I know. Just keep saying um, it, and then we'll feel it more. Then, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like now that it is, you know, hashtag over. Like, what's the yeah. point? I guess is my question. Like I would, I, I'm sure that Sarah could do it in a way where it like mattered, but I feel like Look, she won't. we're all still holding out, <laughs> not holding out a hope because they've already announced it. But you know, again, we'll keep bringing up the world of Throne of Glass, like as if we have a release right. date or something. But like, um, <laughs> tenth year anniversary right, want, want, after that's this year <laughs> twenty. Um, but. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I'm like, yeah, nope, not happening this year. Um, but, but no, I think that like, unless you're setting up like the beginning of it, like you know, we're going on another quest now, or Mm -hmm. like reopening that that gate to that world, it's it's just going to cause sadness because it's like, wait, hold on, right? (laughs) Um, but I do like nuanced things that like kind of keeps hope alive you know where it's not even like you're not because i mean hello when sarah schooled me about the whole cameo in freaking kingdom of ash and i still like never got it (laughs) like it was way nuanced for me even though it wasn't at all um on the page like the fuck um but yeah i mean and i wonder though like how many times maybe she has like deliberately put things in the other books that maybe, you know, they're mm-hmm. obviously through some of the theories that we've read and discussed in previous episodes. Like, we feel like there are other connections that haven't been, like, you know, officially right. confirmed. But, like, Sarah's mind is so brilliant that, like, I genuinely feel like there might have been some other moments that have just gone over our heads. Um, or that we haven't, like, Good looked point too deep into because we're in the middle of other trauma at the time (laughs) which is why I feel like I missed that whole thing in Kingdom of Ash I was still stuck on like death and then like that happened um (laughs) well I really I feel like I feel like Sarah's like shoving our own stupidity in our faces like (laughs) Oh, just when, I don't know. Yeah. The fact that you missed, like, the the quote-unquote nuanced thing in Crescent City, and then for a long time, an embarrassing long time throughout Akamath, I really thought Tamlin was going to pull a 180. So I feel like she, like, I don't know, builds part of the novel upon readers potentially being Mm. goofs. Does that make sense? Now I'm just rambling. I'm sorry. I'm. Just... <laughs> she always just like catches me by surprise to the point where I'm like, "Fuck, am I an idiot? <laughs> like, like genuinely, honest to God, am I? <laughs> like, do I need to take an well, IQ test?" Well, but then again, I mean, realities? there are some things that, like, you know, even like when I've talked with Sarah, uh, if anybody caught any of like the IG lives with her last year. Where she, you know, I asked her, like, oh, do you know what the next, who, like, or, you know, can you announce who the next Akatar book is? And she's like, oh, I would Mm -hmm. think it's obvious. And then if you ask the fandom, it's not, (laughs) like, it's obvious in however way people want it to be obvious. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I feel like there are some of us on one page and then there are some of us on a completely other page. So maybe when she is obvious... about it it makes it worse because <laughs> <laughs> like it's right. sometimes it's better to just be new well exactly like <laughs> that's the thing exactly that's the, well, like we're we're not used to things being obvious so we're like oh like let's you know read between the lines even more let's just like throw out the canon and then input our own theories and someone it's like throwing darts it's like eventually someone's mm-hmm. gonna hit it except we're blindfolded and the dartboard is moving yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, legit. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, God. Whatever day of the week fine. it is, it's that's, 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 All that's right. your answer. Hashtag, I know. <laughs> so anyways, okay. Speaking of trauma, True. next. <laughs> anyways, moving on. It's fine. Moving on to the next question. Uh, Maeve will be revealed to be Resan's supposedly dead sister. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> as everyone knows by now, I am like so hardcore team let Reese and sister be revived 2022. Uh, but I still cannot get behind this one. I just can't. Yeah. I don't. Um, meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm like, let, let her, let her just stay deceased. <laughs> like why, why, no. why are we? No. Th- th- oh my God. Like, because I want, I, I want listen, to know her. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I mean, obviously, yay, team happy ending, right? Like, he need like, you know, <laughs> tragic, okay? Tragedy. But at the same time, like, just for, outside of who the character is and who that character is related to, like, do will deaths hold the same wait if we're just reviving people all the time because no but i, I understand but <laughs> if resand is coming back then so is his sister i'm like yeah, listen but, look i get it but at listen. the same time then then i mean t- talk about gimmicky like i feel like then it's just like okay then it doesn't matter <laughs> if anybody else dies because it's just like loki in the avengers where it's like it's fine Um, We'll just spend a few (laughs) years letting the fandom think that Loki's never coming back and then announce that Loki has a series coming out. So, you know, maybe then his sister will have a series coming out. Like, that's the next. That's who the next (laughs) Akatar book is. That's actually the next novel. (laughs) It's actually Asriel and Reese's sister. Right. What a one. She thought it was obvious. Oh, God. Like, talk about setting a fandom ablaze. That literally was. No, I, I just listen. I'm, I'm, I would love that. I would love that for us, for the fandom. But I would hate that it's mm-hmm. Maeve. So if we're going to do that, we're just no, not feel going that. to have it be Maeve. Like we will literally have it be oh, like Aiden's yeah. mom or something because like <laughs> genuinely c- cannot. Uh, no, Maeve is a horrible, horrible character. Great villain, but yeah. just horrible. No, fuck her. Um, mm-hmm. So you wouldn't want to think she's I also feel like, like... <laughs> No, definitely not. I also, I feel that, like, the the parallels between Maeve and the way she treated Fenris and the parallels between, like, Amarantha and Resand are just, it's, like, yeah. too much. Like, if he found out that, like, his sister was engaging in that fucking crazy behavior, um, like, I think it would honestly, I think he'd, like, literally, I mean hypothetically let's just say that Maeve is Rhysand's sister I would be like damn she should have stayed dead <laughs> like if she grew up to be Maeve yeah like what no. a letdown team I'm team yeah, death like, like legit <laughs> like that would be such a letdown um I would rather it be like you oh. know somebody in Crescent City world or something like maybe Lehba or like yes you know somebody else <laughs> I don't know Danica right like, but just I can't I can't anyways <laughs> obviously not trying to spoil any series but I just anyways I I I I get a little I get a little worked up when we mm-hmm. talk about like dead characters like that had deaths off the page and then like trying to mm-hmm. pair them up with like I, it's just I don't know it just it's weird to me just because again Sarah is so intentional in her writing <laughs> That I just don't feel like mm-hmm, that would be mm-hmm. something she would do. Like that, yeah, like right. she would have given us a bunch of no, other stuff. No, that's what fan yeah, fiction exactly, is for. Exactly, exactly. And that's also why authors don't read fan that's fiction typically for. because like y'all have your right. fan fiction canon, your head canons, and then there's actual canon. Uh, so yeah, but mm-hmm. thanks. This is, <laughs> this is not a dig at anyone who has head canons or writes fan fiction or wants to theorize about dead characters and I say that as someone who constantly thinks about Rhysand's sister potentially but there is definitely a difference between the headcanon and the um the actual text so good good stuff to keep that in mind um but yeah I just we're not we're not digging anyone trust me Steph and I have enough enough stuff like we have we have given y'all too much ammo over the course of this podcast so we we really cannot be uh <laughs> throwing rocks right. <laughs> um oh dear um okay i'm sorry i bumped my table so i apologize for that <laughs> um okay 
Moving on. Um, Manon is Valg royalty. Uh, that is interesting. Mm -hmm. Don't feel it. Don't vibe it. Because, well, this one was interesting to me because, like, the, the, the Iron Teeth witches were made after breeding Valg and Faye. I'm pretty sure that's correct. I'm, like, 98% yeah. sure that I that's mean, that's how that why they were. that's why they were um, trying to do what they were doing in, yeah. uh, at the end of Queen of Shadows, Empire Storms, like, all that, yeah. Right, right. Um... But so it would be, like, interesting, like, hypothetically, I mean, if they're, you know, using Valg, like, who knows? Maybe one of the princes, like, did sire, like, Manon's line, right? Because, like, they have the connection with the golden eyes. Like, Erwin is always described as having, you know, his golden eyes, just like Manon. Wait, I think that's right. Oh, my God. Does he have black eyes? How embarrassing. I actually Dude, can't remember. Dude, I don't remember. remember. I mean, I you literally uh, could have said anything, and I would have been like, "Sure." I don't know. Um, obviously, any anyone listening who um, has recently finished a Throne of Class reread, feel free to drop us a line. Right? Incorrect. Please let us know. Um, but I mean, um, I say this because he like freaked out over her golden eyes. He was like, he he had like a whoa shit moment over that or should they were like coveted or something but i can't remember if that was because it, w- it was like something that was good for the valg or bad for the val valg it was either like very good or very bad i just can't remember which one uh anyway back to the theory i feel like it's possible that like i don't know one of the princes sired manon's line i just don't see really why it would like matter like she went and killed a bunch of yeah them, i mean so. They probably would not hand her the keys to the kingdom. Once again, uh, with the series being done, what good is this theory? <laughs> like, I mean, if we're not going to get any confirmation if that we haven't already gotten of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. again, obviously the point of the whole episode is theory and obviously not canon, but I just... I have a hard time, like, reconciling yeah. it based on the fact that, like, the series is already done. But, yeah, if we had had this discussion before Kingdom of Ash came out, I'd be like, whoa, like, what? That's probably true. Um, for sure. Because I can see where <laughs> where this person, you know, came up with it. So Yeah. Well, I mean, all these, these all of these theories came, like, pre-Kingdom of Ash. Right. So that's why they're old. Um. But I also think, I don't know, I, I, I guess part of me doesn't like this one just because, like, there's, it's, like, implied kind of throughout that Erwin is, like, interested in Manon and, like, covets her a little bit. I mean, and, who doesn't? Uh, like, if she is royalty, would that not make her, like, semi-related to him? I mean, mm? if we're being honest here... Not, like, what not, not that we're shipping like? them or anything. It's just that was commonplace behavior with okay, royal, I know that. like, but lines. Also, just keeping things pure. I understand, <laughs> but like, it's not far fetched because, like, it wouldn't be beyond, you know. I mean, hello, Aelin and Adian. Like, remember, they, there was like discussion of them potentially, like, Mm-hmm. Ma- mating if you right. will and that icked me out um but but at the same time oh no that was like, not i didn't yeah, enjoy I, that but i mean but again at the same time it's this isn't something that that was again far-fetched because it happens all the time right. with royal families right. royal lines wanted to keep things pure keep it all in the family so yuck nice that's not anyway weird this at is all. taking a turn <laughs> um okay all right. <laughs> um, okay, this this theory, I remember this because this was going around. I did see it and I was like so scared that this would happen. And also I was just like, <sighs> because I just, I remember so viscerally being so fucking terrified for Empire of, or um, Kingdom of Ash. Oh my God. After like the ending of Empire of Storms. Like, y'all who are reading this series after it's completed, you really, you don't know. (laughs) Like, you do not have any idea 
what that was like. Oh, I'm so jealous of you. <laughs> anyway, the theory is that Aelin would revert to her Selena persona in order to survive Maeve's torture. And, like, Rowan would come and, like, find her and she would be, like, not the woman that he fell in love with. Because, like, the imp- entire, you know, their arc in Air of Fire is that they become closer when she gets closer to, you know, being Aelin and being the woman that, you know, she was born and not the one that Arabin raised yeah. her to be. But the theory was that she would, like, return to being the girl that Now, Arabin here's the raised. thing. Even, even not, like, removing the fact that we know how it ends. If I'm putting myself in the mindset before Kingdom of Ash, I personally think that I would have not felt that this theory had a lot of weight only because there was so much that needed to be resolved at the end of Tower of Dawn and obviously mm-hmm. Empire of Storms because obviously they're, they're parallel timelines um, that we literally would not have had time <laughs> to also, in addition to right. everything else that's happening, to then have to deal with that too. Um because obviously everything hinged upon Aelin being Aelin uh, for things to be resolved. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for Rowan to literally have to take, you know, take some PTO, if you will, to like try to get <laughs> oh my God. Selena slash Aelin <laughs> back into the proper headspace. It just would not have hit. Like it just it just would not have made sense. Um yeah no um especially because i remember right especially because i remember how adamant sarah was in the press tour or not press tours but her pub tour for i believe tower of dawn or possibly empire of storms because i think at that time kale's book was originally still going to be a novella it wasn't a full-length novel at the time Mm -hmm. but like she was adamant that the last throne of glass book was the last throne of glass book like at least i'm assuming for aelin's arc Mm. And so that's why I'm right. like, I would not have, like, if she, if, if, if it was open-ended and we didn't know how many books there were going to be or we were speculating, I would have been like, oh, yeah, that's, like, an interesting, like, spin, you know? Um, that would have been mm-hmm. interesting to watch. Like, I don't want to put my poor baby Rowan through anymore, but, um, but yeah, I mean, hello. <laughs> how much therapy do we need for one whole fucking series? That just would have... That would have been unlimited, a lot of to unlimited therapy. <laughs> like, we we have to relive this again. Rowan's got to like re teach <laughs> her re love like get her to re love him again. Like all that. Like my God, who has time? We didn't. Thank God. Sarah also <laughs> did not. Um, because that just would have been too much. Interesting, but no, thank you. True. All right. Well. Then we are going to wrap it up with one final theory. I just want to take a minute. Y'all, I found this theory on fucking ancient Tumblr. And when I mean ancient, I mean the formatting. Girl, y'all, the formatting of this post had not updated. It was 2011, 2012 era. This theory was penned before this person read Crown of Midnight. Before Crown of Midnight was released, like, I'm pretty sure this was, like, potentially written after an arc. They read an arc of Throne of Glass. I'm 98% certain that that is how this theory came to be. And I just want to, like, oh, my goodness, slow clap because I never got here. When I first read Throne of Glass, I was, like, first of all, I was, like, two years old. I was a child, an infant, you might say. Um, (laughs) But my brain did, like, not make these connections at all. I was so like, whoa, in Crown of Midnight. So obviously, I don't want to say obviously, but I'm like 98% certain because I'm going to put in the show notes that this episode has Throne of Glass spoilers. So I'm going to say that I'm 98% certain that everyone listening has read Throne of Glass. And so just, just behold the glory of this throwback. So I'm going to read it word for word, okay? In Throne of Glass, Elena was the first queen of Adderlin, so she is distantly related to Dorian because they are and were both Haviliards. Haviliards? (laughs) It's been so (laughs) Haviliards. It's been so long since I've had to say that word, so I don't even know. Um, They're both 
the dudes. Then Elena starts helping Selena, and at one point she says to her, blood ties cannot be broken, which I assume means that she and Selena have a blood tie. So that means that Selena has royal blood. She should she could be some sort of awesome princess assassin. But then that would mean she is vaguely related to Elena as in to Dorian, which would make her very distantly related to Dorian, which means that she has to pick Kale. Please let me know of anything that contradicts this so I don't get my hopes too far up for Crown of Midnight. This is just a theory. I'm probably wrong about everything I just said. I just, like, I appreciate the layers because there's, like, so much to unpack there. And I just want to, like, this person, just, like, pulling this theory out of, like, the dusty-ass archives of Tumblr made me so... Dusty-ass. I don't know, like, nostalgic and, like, happy. I was like, oh, remember when there was a time where we were like, is Selena a princess? Like, at one point, those were our problems. That was the extent of our theorizing there were no ship wars there was no (laughs) there was no nothing (sighs) yeah the purity of a fresh series fandom i know isn't this like the softest (laughs) like i like i dare call this theory cute because i'm like oh we went we've come so dude i listen i love when readers in general like brand new fandoms brand new series brand new books that they go like that hard on you know but again it's not you're not alienating a fan base by like theorizing anything here um but then you look Mm -hmm. back on and you're like holy fuck like they went hard like but again pure like in a right fashion in a sweet little precious angel fashion um wow mm-hmm. that is that's a lot because i genuinely feel I like i again even being part of the fandom in the early throwback days um i don't <laughs> remember even like personally going that deep like going that hard on theories until like Queen of Shadows mm-hmm. or like Air of Fire. Right. Because obviously Air of Fire is like when everything kind of like took a turn. Um, and it didn't seem as tri- not trivial is not the word that I want to say, but like shit got real after Nehemia's death and like everything happened at the end of Crown of Midnight and then like Air of Fire was just like the turning point. So I, I just don't, yeah. So again, mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't feel like there were hardcore theories uh in the circles that i was running in (laughs) at the time right um so wow kudos to this person i know holy shit i know i know wow (sighs) so if this teaches anybody anything like feel free to go hard for your fandom as early as you possibly exactly like there is no too early i guess (laughs) to go hard i know (laughs) There's no such thing. Ooh. Literally start theorizing before you've so even true. read the book. Who's it going to hurt? You know? <laughs> I love it, though. Oh. And thank you, Ava, right. so much for doing your research on this. BT dubs. Oh, you know it. For Mar- it's called market research. Going um, That's a deep. business term that I learned <laughs> from my expensive yeah. degree. <laughs> this is what you went to school for. This is exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Me hunched over my laptop on Tumblr. You can put this on your fucking resume now. (laughs) I will. I'm actually opening up LinkedIn right now. Professional Tumblr archive searcher. You're like, you know, you're a throne of glass historian. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sarah J. Mass. Uh, yes, biographer is my official title, either. actually. <laughs> Archivist. Uh... Curator of Massian universe texts. Okay. Massian. <laughs> what else would they be called? Ask her. Ask her what the what the Massverse, curator of Massverse texts. Oh, bless. Okay. Uh <laughs> Oh, wow. Look at the time. Um, okay. <laughs> I know. All right. Well, again, on that note. <laughs> this is what happens after I've had two gin and tonics. 
Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> thus wraps up our Throne of Class theory episode. Yeah. And we're done with <laughs> yes. that. And obviously this episode is dropping, what, the week of? The release of Crescent City? The week yeah, of Hope's so Yeah. We hope that everybody is so enjoying. been traumatized <laughs> sufficiently and you want to return <laughs> to your Throne of Glass trauma days, uh, we're here right, for you. If you we need a breather from hopefully the trauma that you are mm. not getting from <laughs> Hosab, um, <laughs> feel free to allow us to take you it's away. Fine. Or... Let this be a sign that you can go hard for Crescent City, you know, two books deep. And then Ava in six years or 10 years from now will go into the depths of Tumblr and find your theories. Exactly. That we can talk about again. (laughs) I'm always watching. What's that chick from Monsters, Inc.? I'm watching you. Oh, God. I don't recall. It's been a hot minute. This is what happens. I'm sorry. If it ain't ain't Marvel or Encanto, I can't help you at all. Um, But anywho's. But yes, everybody, thank you so much and enjoy your reading. And if you're not reading Hosab, why? Um, Please do. So that. The only acceptable reason to not be reading Hosab is because you finished Hosab. Or. Because you haven't started House of Birth and Blood yet, in which case, why? Um, definitely get caught up, everybody, because there's going to be upcoming episodes where we're going to be, you know, talking about it, too. Hell so yeah. anyways. OK, enough about that. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and for listening to us ramble for over an hour as per usual. And don't forget to... Follow us on all of the social medias. Check out our Instagram page at Fantastic Pod and our website, PhantomTasticPod.com. Also, our Patreon, where we've got lots of awesome goodies and content. A lot of bonus content, too, BT Dubs. And, yeah, Ava, take it away. And remember, don't let the hard days win. That's right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode, everybody. Bye. Bye.